0: For small or medium sized retail suppliers, does big box mean big bully? Not necessarily. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, managing editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain podcast. familiar with the image of Walmart as a retailing behemoth, throwing its weight around like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Surely the smaller supplier can't expect to get any consideration in terms of promotion, desirable shelf space, or personal attention. Well, turns out that's not exactly the case. Not to minimize the challenge of getting into Walmart in the first place. Suppliers large and small still must jump through a number of hoops. But there are some strategies that smaller suppliers can adopt to become, believe it or not, a trusted advisor and partner of the beast from Bentonville. We'll get some valuable tips from my guests today. Harry Ganapathy, Vice President of Business Development with Dun & Bradstreet Credibility Corp. And Jeff Clapper, CEO of 8th & Walton an independent company formed expressly for the purpose of advising suppliers on how to score and grow their business with Walmart and Sam's Club. So here is our conversation. Hari Gonapathy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Bob. Glad to be here today. And Jeff Clapper, welcome as well.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Jeff, I'd like to start with you. Could you tell me just a little bit very quickly about what is Eighth and Walton?
2: Certainly. Eighth uh, and Walton helps suppliers become better partners to retailers. And specifically over the last eight years, that has been focused on suppliers to Walmart. Uh, that we, we provide that help by way of classroom training, uh, custom on-site programs that we, that we provide to large and, su- large and small suppliers uh, that may have been working with Walmart for a matter of weeks or, you know, decades. Uh, it, it, but we're really here as a resource to suppliers so that they can become better uh, partners to the, the largest retailers that are out there.
0: You're not affiliated with Walmart, right?
2: That's correct. We are completely separate. Uh, Our founders have backgrounds with Walmart, both uh, as associates and executives there, Uh, and then we also have many facilitators and teachers who are uh, themselves either former Walmart associates or executives, Uh, and and then also most of our people have at least a couple of years, if not many years, working with suppliers. A lot of our education, we really focus on sort of a peer-to-peer or buy suppliers for suppliers model, so they're sharing best practices Uh, from their own experience, maybe even, you know, from the day before class happened. They're currently working with the supplier, and they take a day away from them to come and teach a class. uh, Mm -hmm. So 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 that what they're providing is very current. But to to get back to your question, we are not uh, affiliated with Walmart officially.
0: Okay. Let's then assume that I am a small to medium-sized supplier, and I would like to sell my product in Walmart. How do I even begin that process? How do I even approach them?
2: Sure. Well, I think uh, every, every retailer really wants to know is your product relevant and is your company prepared to support the business, the size of doing business with a large retailer like Walmart? Um, and and you, you need to ask yourself those two questions really before you even get started. Um, now, now if you want to get into some of the, the, you know, jump into the tactics of it, there is a process of applying, getting on Walmart's radar. You go to a website, uh, you, you, know, you, you start up an application. Someone there will evaluate your company, the viability. Some of the questions relate to the, to the two questions that I actually mentioned first, but much more specifically. And uh, and they're going to be looking for, you know, again, what's the viability of your company and, and its ability to support the business with Walmart? Some of that would have to do with, uh, you know, your financial uh, viability, the health of your company's finances. Um, that ties in with uh, kind of nicely the, the partnership that we've developed with uh, dunn Branch Street Credibility Corp., um, so, you know, checking whether your company can support the uh, the volume of inventory that you need to produce because it's not just putting 10 units in a couple of stores, it's putting a bunch of units in a bunch of stores and having the back inventory ready to replenish that as it continues to sell. Um, so, you know, you, you, you're going to start by asking those big questions. You're going to pl- uh, apply with the store. If they feel that you're ready, they're going to put you in touch with a buyer. That's one of a couple of routes, but that's probably the, uh, the, the most standard, um, they'll they'll assess you and then they'll put you in touch with the correct person within the uh, the bank and uh, and then evaluate from there.
0: I wonder if there isn't a certain be careful what you wish for element here because let's say that Walmart says, okay, we'll take your product, but there is a certain amount of upfront costs involved, paying for manufacturing, printing, barcodes, tags. Uh, What are some of the issues that a very small company might have to face in that regard.
2: Absolutely. Uh, those are, I mean, these are critical questions. We, we do work with large and small companies, uh, but a lot of the guidance we provide, and maybe this is what you're getting at, is you might not want to start with Walmart. In fact, Walmart's not going to want to work with you if it looks like they're going to be bigger than a certain size of your total company revenue. Uh, they, don't, they don't want to cause harm to uh, a, a, a promising entrepreneurial startup. Um, now, that being said, uh, you need to go in there having done a lot of homework And usually that homework is best done in a practical setting like another uh, store or or a a smaller group of stores somewhere else. Um, And so you know, kind of the the best and worst day of your life might be getting into Walmart uh, because (laughs) there's a lot more to figure out. Now you're talking about packaging and labeling and logistics and barcodes and and all of those kinds of things. uh, But many great entrepreneurs have only thought through, hey, I've got an idea and I know how to produce a couple hundred of them. Let's go meet with a big uh, mass retailer, and uh, and they've they've just barely scratched the surface of all the work that's going to
1: need to be done.
0: Uh, Harry, what are some of the credit issues involved in uh, kind of ramping up to serve Walmart?
1: Well, so I I think it ties to both uh, topics that Jeff just uh, spoke about. One being during the application product process, if you are determined to have a product that's viable and you're differentiated and and it offers an opportunity to get into a, a large number of stores. The next question is around their financial viability, their reliability as a supplier. You know, what, what is the likelihood that they might be bankrupt or experience financial distress over the course of the next year? And there are, there are several key D and b scores and ratings that are factored into the process, uh, most notably the supplier evaluation rating score. And so that, that comes in and determines on a scale of 1 to 10 how likely they are to experience financial distress uh, or, or potentially enter into bankruptcy over the course of the next year. And, and Walmart, along with many other big box retailers, will set a certain threshold or cutoff, typically based on what specific industry you're in, um, whether you're selling vegetables into their store, or you're selling toys, to determine whether or not they'll move forward with your application. So often we'll get a call from a small business owner saying they like my product, they'd like to order it, but they're saying that my credit scores don't meet their criteria.
0: And I would imagine that retailers and even OEMs these days are a lot more sophisticated in terms of how they evaluate potential suppliers. It's not just give us a balance sheet and we're, and we're good to go. They probably have all kinds of sources of intelligence, even beyond what you're going to give them, to figure out whether you really are a credit-worthy supplier.
1: That's exactly right. And, and that I would add also extends to what happens when they say yes, you, you have an immediate need for more working capital to be able to ramp up production and, and pay for all those other aspects that you talk with respect to whether it's training, technology, barcodes, packaging, the displays, all of that, that they've got to put the cash outlay for prior to ever selling their first product within the big box store. Um, there's a real need for access to capital. And that's one of the things that One of the things that Dunbar and Credibility Corp has worked to do over the past couple of years is host these Access to Capital events, inviting small business owners to come and understand all the various options that are available to them from traditional sources of lending to more alternative sources of capital where we'll invite in, whether it's Kickstarter or all sorts of different non-traditional sources to just educate small business owners as to the, the plethora of options that are out there to address situations like this.
0: So let's assume that I have surmounted the first two hurdles. Number one, I got a yes. Number two, I got past all the credit and the financial issues. Now I'm supposedly or theoretically in Walmart, but now I have to compete for shelf space. I have to be make sure my product, is at whether it's at eye level, it's in the right shelf, it's at an end cap, it's where I want it to be, and yet I'm a small to medium-sized retailer without necessarily the clout to dictate. So how do I deal with Walmart then?
2: That's a great question, and it's uh, a classic one, too. Uh, We work with a lot of small-medium suppliers who who are uh, uh, addressing that very topic. Um, And and a lot of it comes back to the mission of becoming a partner with the retailer. Uh, You know, a buyer at Walmart, his his or her time is stretched uh, to the max. And so whenever they hear from you, they need to feel like you are helping support their business and helping – you know, him or her row, his or her category. So uh, you you need to to bring insights that enhance their business so that they want to take two minutes to read your email, and you do that several times. And they say, hey, Bob, every time I hear from Bob, he's providing me something that, that enhances my business, my effort here at Walmart or whatever the retailer is. And then you reach out and say, you know, I'd love to take 15 minutes next month to come and talk about some of the other insights like these. And you, and you get 15 or 20 minutes with that buyer because now you, you've established that you are you, you're on their side, you have valuable in, ideas and information to share with them. You take that 20 minutes, and you've got to continue to deliver on that effort of becoming their partner. But when you come in, you say, "Here are some more insights. Here are some bigger ideas, like the ones I shared by email." Um, you know, and, and 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 again, you're you're in the door. You're building the relationship. You're building the trust, so that the next time, or maybe even as a part of that 20-minute meeting. You know, five or ten percent of it is very much about your own agenda and your own growth uh, ideas and strategies. So that, so that part of that, hey, here's what I'm seeing about shoppers in this category. Here's what we have identified uh, about their business or about their, me, with their shopping patterns and habits and interests. Um, and maybe they do want more of what we're doing, and we could do this and this and this. Uh, all of a sudden, you you helped that buyer enhance their whole space while also growing your own business. But to to get back to your question again, it does does not happen overnight. And you can't just simply say, hey, buy a bunch more of my stuff.
0: And put it in the right place, too. But uh, so in other words, they are willing to they're they're willing to sit down for you even for at least 15 minutes. It's not just a case where we only have time for the Procter and Gambles of the world, for instance. We will sit down even for a few minutes with our small suppliers as well.
2: That's right. Walmart specifically has uh, as as part of its corporate, you know, culture and, and policy uh, something they call the sundown rule where they really aspire to respond to every question and every person they hear from by the end of the day by the time the sun goes down uh... you know so so buyers are really trying to meet that expectation and respond whether you are a big or a small supplier naturally it's, it's understandable that time more attention may go to bigger suppliers because it can mean a bigger part of their business um, But. There are ways for small and medium suppliers to, to get their attention and get their ear also, um, but you just, I think I think you just have to keep in mind, uh, you know, becoming a trusted advisor and partner. If that's your mission, then they're going to open your emails, they're going to respond, they're going to take the meetings more um, more comfortably and confidently.
0: Now, Walmart is or was a pioneer. Of collaborating with suppliers, with the creation of retail link, with the presenting of POS or point of sale information to the suppliers, so that at least on paper seems to be a good sign. But if you are a smaller, medium size um, supplier, what is the extent of your ability to actually collaborate with Walmart on things like planning and forecasting, promotions and the like? Will they will they play with you on that?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you, you raise a great point. Walmart. Has shared all of this. Uh, has shared all this information, so that any size company can be a collaborative partner. Um, now that comes with a with a with a high degree of or a high expectation of their partners. They don't want you to just be someone who's going to ship stuff to the right DC. They expect you to know what inven- what your inventory levels are at all times. Where do you need to you know? Where are there opportunities? How else can you grow your business either through supply chain efficiency or I mean across the board. They're sharing all this information so that you can become a better supplier and, and, and therefore everybody's business improves. Um, you, you know that, that's, that's kind of the flip side of the same coin. You can't simply be a, uh, you know, a distance partner to Walmart and expect to grow your business. Again, to build that collaborative partnership with your buyer, uh, you need to come in with a lot of awareness and information and uh, initiative so that they you know, feel like you're building the business together.
0: When it comes to promotions, though, I imagine they're going to ask you to bear a certain amount of financial burden of that, correct? And, and, again, maybe that's something Harry could speak to in terms of the capital that one might have in order to actually participate in a promotion with Walmart.
1: I'll defer to Jeff to speak about the, the specifics of you know, how the economics of the promotions work as well as some of the, the issues that often small businesses encounter with respect to deductions that Walmart might take on an invoice that the small businesses sent. We come in after that where oftentimes that that strain on their cash flow then ironically results in uh, a depression of their business credit scores, which they had gotten up to the point where they could surpass the Walmart threshold to be able to sell their goods in their stores. But then as a result of the cash flow strain and the working capital issues that they encounter while ramping up and or waiting for their first payment from Walmart, they then suffer – the ability to gain access to capital and or their relationship with other retailers and, and vendors.
0: Jeff, what about uh, your end on in terms of talking about how how uh, companies can work with Walmart in uh, planning, forecasting, collaborations, and promotion as well?
2: And My brain is still thinking about what Harry just said because he said a lot, and and uh, and I think it's just a really interesting point. Uh, if, if you don't mind my going back to what Harry said before getting on to promotion, uh, the, the financial pinch... That growing suppliers can face uh, is exactly is, is exactly that, where uh, you know they get a big order, they fill the order, and maybe that really stretches their capital. And in the process of collecting payment on that order, uh, there their other uh, the, the other companies that they work with start to say, hey, we're we're having some financial stress in our relationship. So so that supplier's credit ratings drop. Walmart says, "Hey, your credit rating is dropping, and we're 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 gonna you know have some doubts about continuing our relationship with you." And that the is thinking, "Well, if I can get my money, we would all this would all flow very naturally." So that's a it's a challenge where when growing uh, aggressive, promising companies can really have that pinch. And uh, we work with companies uh, in, in, in an accounting capacity when when they've had big deductions or their uh, the, the payment uh, pace and processing is, is getting sticking points. Uh, it's very much related to, to uh, what Mary's company is up to as well. It's just an interesting struggle that uh, the companies face without thinking, or, or they don't anticipate the the, uh, the burden of capital uh, in the growth of their business. Always, so It's an interesting challenge.
0: There are other financial burdens, too, on an ongoing basis. I mean, Walmart is well known for its... Uh, RFID mandate of some years back in terms of radio frequency identification tags to be required on all pallets uh, and packages and the like. Uh, Also, demands for suppliers to become more sustainable in their supply chain. All that costs money. And I'm just wondering, is just a question of, well, if you want to be a supplier to Walmart, you got to be sufficiently capitalized to handle this additional financial burden or are there some tips, Attula, you might have as to how a supplier can bear these costs and still continue to do business with Walmart profitably?
2: You're, you're absolutely right that this is a it's a costly place to get started. Uh, you can become very successful, or I should say, th- there's a big payout to being a successful supplier to Walmart. Um, but you need to be prepared to make the upfront investment to get there, and uh, and you need to have the capital wherewithal and backing to to make that happen or see it through to that level of ongoing and growing success. Tips-wise, I I would really encourage small, growing suppliers to develop a clear picture of who their customer is, how to package their product, where it should or should not be sold. Do all of that before you go talk to a a big retailer like Walmart. Get as much of your homework done in advance as possible because the strain on your capital will be much smaller in those early learning areas. If, if you go out and try to learn at 2,000 or 4,000 stores all at once, it could, you know, there, you, you could be dead before you, before you even get going. Um, so, and, and Walmart's going to want that too. It's, it's, it's your it's, you're stubborn company to show up in, in 4,000 Walmart stores all at once. But nonetheless, I think one of the biggest things that, that companies can do is really go on site. Go sell your products at a couple of stores in your area. Learn from your customers, learn why they are or are not buying it. Watch them shop when you' once you're on the shelf and amongst your competitors, watch how people are making their shopping decisions. decisions. Ask them a couple of questions, but really roll up your sleeves and get in there. Do as much homework as you possibly can so that the size of your bet as you grow to larger suppliers, to larger retailers is beyond the size of the, the risk that you're
1: taking on. I think it's a common theme on the business credit side. That it's all about preparedness there as well. Yeah. So I think all the things, you know, a large part of our efforts are around educating small business as to all the small business owners as to all the steps that they can take very early on in their business or at any point in their life cycle to add more breadth and depth of information into their D&D credit file. Get that information in the report. Get as many of your vendors providing credit references about how you pay your bills, that you pay them on time or early, uh, You know, understanding the, the privacy concerns around opening up your financial statements if you're a privately held company. Um, in your public credit report, sometimes that may be a necessary step to grow your business and win the Walmart business. But ideally, there are all these things you can do proactively to know what your scores are ensure that there's as much breadth and depth of information reflecting your company's financial viability in your D&B file so that ultimately you might be able to go and take the step of securing some access to capital prior to going and making that application to Walmart and getting the yes so that things are in place for you to move on day one
2: I really like what Harry has just said here in terms of emphasis on preparation uh, you know knowing what does the competitive landscape look like do you know your shop or your customer what you know? What channels are most appropriate? What retailers are most appropriate? These are all questions that any company can ask and answer before they go talk to their biggest potential retailer.
0: I have heard in the past of instances where Walmart will say to a supplier, yeah, we've decided we want to continue to carry your product for another year, but we'd like to pay 10% less for it. Um, to what degree does that actually happen? And how can a small supplier uh, with very thin margins deal with such a situation
2: it's a great question um, I, I, I couldn't necessarily speak to the frequency of that kind of thing happening um, I, you know I, I guess we all hear stories like that and you know we certainly uh, you know we'll talk to to buyers or suppliers who are who have certain you know agen- agendas or needs that they need to meet Um uh, you know, Walmart really does strive to to build partnerships with their suppliers, um, and so I think that there are, are, are almost always going to be the conversation is never that simple. I guess it's, uh, it's you know here's what we're trying to do. What are you trying to do? How can we reach a collaborative solution that fits both of our needs? Um, so I, I, I think I'm not really answering your question, but uh, but but I guess if, if both parties can try to say, you know try to Honestly and directly address their needs. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's not out, out of the realm of possibility to to reach uh, to reach a situation that suits both of them.
0: What about the uh, pricing visibility problem? Let's say I'm a small uh, supplier and I have very carefully mapped out my pricing or I've got a promotion going or something like this and it's going into Walmart. But then I I turn around and I find out that one of my competitors at Walmart has cut their own price, and I didn't know that. And I guess it's not Walmart's job to share with me uh, intelligence about what my competition is doing in the pricing area, but I can certainly be caught out very badly in a case like that are there any remedies or any uh, advice that you have for companies in that area? It's
2: another tricky spot to be in, um, and, uh, you know, it's just a awareness. You know, uh, you, you can't always know what's coming or what your competitors may or may or may not have uh, in store. I mean, in a similar fashion, uh, you know, a competitor could go launch a new extension of their line uh, that completely, you know, two weeks before you go to meet with the buyer to talk about the exact same thing, uh, you know, so, so there are always uh, unforeseen uh, competitive challenges. I think a lot of that just comes down to really knowing your competition, what they're up to, uh, predicting where they may go next, and uh, not knowing the, the challenges of your own, um, you know, your own business. What are your costs? Where do you have flexibility? What are the opportunities to grow your, your line ahead of your competitors? So, uh, again, maybe a roundabout answer, but, uh, but that would just come back to awareness. Um, more than anything, I don't think I don't think Walmart can offer any insurance against that from you know to, to prevent that kind of thing from happening. Um, but but they love innovation. Uh, you know, Walmart is really big on innovation right now, and um, and so if you can provide new ideas, new concepts, saying hey this is working and we think by extension this will also work. If you're the one coming with those solutions, again you're going to be the valued partner there.
0: So it's not just a case of Walmart's three priorities being price, price, and price.
2: <laughs> right. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, they, they want to be the place where, you know, they, they want shoppers to say, hey, I got this at Walmart. Uh, this is the latest cool thing, and I got it at Walmart. Uh, you know, you're gonna, as a supplier, you're going to need to really back up why that will work and, and why this innovative idea will, uh, will be a success. But, um, but they are looking for innovation. As well as price. I mean, it does come down to price, of course, but uh, but innovation is really important for them right now also.
0: Well, this is uh, some great advice and some lessons that I think can also be just as easily applied to dealing with any big box retailer or retailer out there. So I want to thank both of you, Harry Ganapathy. Thank you so much for being with us. Jeff Clapper, thank you for your very valuable advice, and we'll be looking forward to what you guys are offering small and medium-sized suppliers in the future. Thanks again. Thanks for having us, Bob. Thank you. Well, that was my conversation with Harry Ganapathy of Dunn and Bradstreet Credibility Corp. and Jeff Clapper of Eighth and Walton. Don't fear the beast. I'm Bob Bowman, managing editor, of Supply Chain Brain. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch nearly 2,000 videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. See you next time.